0: My name is Alad Gross, candidate for Missouri Attorney General, and welcome to the Alad Pod. Folks, we've already got bonus content for you. Kathy Ellis and I sat down to do an online town hall. Kathy is running for Congress in the 8th Congressional District, which is a lot of the area in Southern Missouri, and I've known Kathy for some time now. She is a wonderful candidate and a wonderful person. She's a social worker, and we talked a lot about mental health at this time especially. We also talked about national, statewide, and local priorities our government really needs to be looking at. Hope you enjoy. This is great to do this with you i'm always excited to have a town hall or any event with you to be honest so i guess we should probably introduce ourselves for everybody who doesn't quite know us yet so would you like to start
1: sure well i'm kathy ellis and i'm running for the missouri 8th congressional district so i'm really glad to be here with elad we always have a really good time when we're in the same room and even though we're not in the same room, we're going to have a really good time.
0: <laughs> yes. Everybody, physical distancing is extremely important. Do not be in the same room unless you're in, you know, family. That's fine. Exceptions are allowed. Yeah. Well, everybody, my name is Alad Gross. I am running for Attorney General of Missouri. And yes, it is wonderful to be in a virtual room with you as well. So <laughs> I'm excited Um, Okay, so folks, ground rules for those of you who are watching. Yes, and we're excited because people are getting on the stream and they can see us. Um, Please, if you've got any questions as we're going to be talking, we got a few topics we're going to cover today. If you do have any questions, please put them in the Facebook comments. Um, I am checking those so we'll be able to monitor them. Um, And then uh, Taylor's out there too. She's helping uh, with Kathy's campaign It's just wonderful. So um, she'll be checking out your questions too. So please leave as many as you've got and, uh, we'll go through them. Obviously. Um, well, for those of you don't know, both of us were running before the virus hit. Uh, and so we've had lots of experience traveling and being in physical rooms with each other. Um, uh, and now, uh, plenty of experience doing this virtual stuff too. So if you, if you're a candidate or you're somebody who's working with a candidate and you're wondering how does this stuff work and how in the world are they doing this? Uh, hit us up. We're happy to help too. So um, sounds great. Um, Yeah. So I will take your questions live as they come through. I'm very excited. So make them good, everybody. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, Kathy, uh, you know, it's an interesting time out there and uh, certainly with, with your background uh, and I've heard you talk about this before um, you are one of those people that makes me feel a lot more comfortable just you know, living in the moment that we're in, despite all the stuff that's going around right now. Um, so what, I mean, you know, you've got folks out there who, um, obviously are very scared. Um, you know, we're, we're in a time of uncertainty. Uh, what do you, you know, what do you tell folks right now? What are you telling folks? What are you hearing from folks? What do you think those issues are that we really should be focusing on not only as candidates, but just as, you know, good members of the community?
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good question. It you know it's a challenging time I think for everybody, and um, just my own process about um, dealing with this virus and you know how dramatically it's affecting the world. Um, it, it sort of seemed unreal for mm-hmm. a time, and you know that's a stage that we go through under certain circumstances that's called denial. We just kind of want it to not be true. And unless it's like right on our doorstep, we can pr- do a pretty good job keeping it at bay. But it's here and it's here to stay for a while. And um, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do as we move through this, and we will, mm-hmm. this is a challenge. And um, the best thing that we can do is have a, a schedule, is to have a routine that works for us because our days are starting even now to sort of run together. We don't know what what day it is. Yeah, I don't. But to have that, that, that built in kind of a dynamic where we know that we're going to get up in the morning, Mm. we're going to walk the dogs, we're going to come back, we're going to eat breakfast. We're going to do certain things throughout the course of the day. And it helps us stay in that routine. And, and it really helps us to stay grounded and, um, it's always amazing to me um, how fast the days go when you have somewhat of a routine. So no matter what it is, whatever works for you is really good. You know, this is a time when people who are alone or they're, you know, they're living in apartments where there's not a lot of room or they, they are in places where they they really should not go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's very challenging because it really brings on a lot of feelings of isolation and abandonment. And yet it's also a time that's very rich for reaching out to people we haven't spoken with for a long time. You know, one of the things that I've been doing sort of systematically is I've been calling people who are all on my list, just to ask them how they're doing. And, you know, I think that, that that's helpful. And we really don't need a whole lot to, to have that kind of connection just to know that somebody's thinking about you. So I think those are the important things that just kind of keep us tethered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, You know, it's interesting that you talk about that, because I'm thinking, you know, uh, running, so running a campaign is a pretty stressful thing to do. Um, And, you know, we've been going at it for a while. um, And uh, uh, we always compete against each other to see who's driven the farthest. I think we're on pause (laughs) for that right now. So you might win this at the end. Darn it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I...
1: how about when we go to
0: the most miles that we've walked? How's that? <laughs> oh, there you go. That's good. I like it. Uh, I have to get one of those counters. Um, yeah. yeah, but 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 thinking about, you know, when when for me and, you know, I kind of, what I fall back to personally is making sure that I'm getting physical exercise in. So, you know, I've got bad shoulders. I played football for a while, despite not looking like I should have, but I did anyway. And, uh, for me, it's like, that was the routine really. Like it was a way of setting that routine because it's like, Oh, I got to do this in the morning. It's going to be early in the morning, but, but you get like to clear your mind. You think of like time that is so important that we often don't prioritize is time thinking and time just kind of you know, letting, letting things come into our brains, right. And like calming down a little bit too. Um, and I think that that's totally right. Like you fall into like one of these ruts and if you're inside for so long and you're just thinking, Oh, you know, what am I going to do? I'm thinking about all these other things, work and, and my family and, and, you know, all these things on the news It can really, really be draining. If you don't, you know, if you don't always have that purpose or, or some kind of a purpose in mind. Right
1: yeah and that's and that's a good point that you make you know i think that we we want to we sort of want to to look and see what's going on on tv and on social media and things like that but but it's really important to take a break from that because we're not programmed right. to deal with so much so soon and yep. it takes a a long long time for people to adjust to the idea of even social media and the speed mm-hmm. with which you get. And so we need an opportunity to digest things, the good things as well as the not so good things. Yeah. And so when you're starting to feel overwhelmed and you start snapping at people, You know, turn off the television, turn off the radio, turn off of whatever media that you're, you're looking at and just allow the quiet to be there and try to settle yourself and breathe and, and do all the things that we know are really good. Those are the things that help us to become resilient. And that's what we're going to have to be during this crisis is we're going to have to learn how to be resilient and we're going to have to learn how to be tolerant of not being so running all the time and doing everything quickly and then moving to the next thing. We have an opportunity to get more sleep. Yeah. We have an opportunity to take naps. I'm a very strong advocate of a small nap, yeah. goes a long way. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good opportunity to reconnect with, with families and friends, even though we don't see them, but we can just like this. You right. call him, he, he'll come, he'll set it up for you. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah.
0: Let me know. I'll help you do it. Um, Yeah. It's actually been, been, been a time where I've gotten to reconnect with people I haven't talked to in years. I haven't seen in years. And you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I really do wonder, You know, I was, I was talking to somebody today, I can't remember, but just thinking about, you know, the stuff that we are seeing now with like all of these kinds of online hangouts and people, you know, finding each other and, and all these things, you know, I really hope that this is something, you know, there's, there's some benefits to slowing down that, you know, oftentimes like we always hear about, we always talk about, but then we never do until life forces us to, um, and you know, we're in a time now, it's definitely forcing us to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of obviously terrible things that are happening, but just to, you know, to take that time and, and, you know, appreciate what we have together. I have found, you know, just, I think folks are really seeing what community is because we've lost a lot of that like physical interaction that we've taken for granted so much. I just, you know, I wonder if, you know, at the end of this, you know, it's going to take us working together in very creative ways to deal with this disease outbreak and all of the results that are going to come with all the help that people are going to need and really looking at society in a different way. You know, I really hope that, you know, we, we are just having the benefit of staying positive and thinking about some positive ways can have such a big impact once this stuff is all over and what we rebuild from here, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is also important is that, um, you know, if people start to feel um, that they're getting more into an depression or if they're, mm-hmm. you know, really feeling anxious and they, they don't have a whole um, huge system of people that they could call, yeah. you know, one of the things is to reach out to mental health professionals. I mean, we're all still working. We're just working on the phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Oh, and we're just working on FaceTime and, and Zoom and all, all different ways that we can connect with people. And I think that's really, really important. And one of the things that I've always um, advocated for in my um, in my district is if you have something that you need to talk to me about, please mm-hmm. call me on my cell phone. And so um, we we have a way that we, at the end of this, how you can get in touch with, with all of my team If there's something that you need, if you know somebody's, uh, you know, needing something that is not available in a particular area, we can do the best that we can to uh, address that need. Um, Mm -hmm. And that also goes for just if you're feeling down in the dumps, just call us. We'll we'll talk to you. I'll get the message and I'll, you know, give you some time. And, you know, that's sometimes that's the best medicine right there.
0: Yeah. 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 I I totally agree. I've been, uh, you know, I've been calling a lot of folks who have been supporting the campaign, folks that I've met all over the state, um, you know, and some are in better shape than others. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've felt that taking this time and just talk to people and say, what do you need? How are you doing? Um, you know, I've, I've talked to folks for 30 minutes on the phone because they, they just need to talk. And some of them, you know, you, you hear like, they sound like they're doing great when you first pick up the phone, but then, you know, as you're talking, you realize, oh, they just, they need somebody to hang out with right now. They haven't seen a real person for a while. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're so right. I think that there's so many other ways for us to connect with each other right now than we've ever had before. And we'd it would be terrible not to use them. So um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I guess for your practice, it sounds like I mean, I guess the in-person stuff obviously has changed quite a bit, but have you felt like, you know, with the technology that we have, I know a lot of folks are talking about telemedicine. The governor was talking about that today. Um, have, Have you felt like that's changed a lot of the ways that you approach the work that you're doing?
1: Um, yeah, in a way it has, because one of the, one of the things that I find so valuable when I'm uh, meeting with a client is I see the whole person. If they're sitting in front of me, at least six feet away, (laughs) although I'm not, obviously, but, um, you know, we, we have the opportunity to see that whole person and kind of understand when there are those very subtle messages that are going on that you really can't see, when you're on the phone or even when you're, you know, in in a situation like we have here. And and so those are so important. But if you're still trying to do the work of being a being present to someone that can be accomplished um, on the telephone or it can be accomplished on screen. And, you know, that's one of the techniques and one of the one of the gifts that we have now is telemedicine. And we can reach right. so many people, and and you know it's not the best, but it's sure, certainly not the worst. Which is to not have any access. Right. So, particularly down in in rural areas, it's a lifesaver to have telemedicine. Somebody can say you need to get to the nearest hospital. It might be a long way away, but you you know you're in dire straits. That would be something that would would be extremely helpful and life saving. So, yeah. you know, I I think we're going to see more of that just to deal with the great need that we will have coming out of this pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're gonna see a lot of things with healthcare.
1: Yes, uh, yes. We've- and I think, you know, for me, it's almost as if, you know, when you go go to the ocean and uh, the tide is, is going out and it leaves all the stuff that's on the beachhead. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're seeing the good, the bad and the horrible. Of our mm-hmm. healthcare system. We're seeing those absolutely wonderful people who are our healthcare providers who are risking their own lives every minute of every day. Yeah. And we see our first responders that are doing the same thing. And, and even the people that work in grocery stores, you know, those people are really dealing with a very, very strained system. And um, particularly in our state, we need a lot of help. We need hospitals, we need them to open, and we need them to stay open so that we can avoid having what's happening now in these rural areas.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, we've had a whole bunch of hospital closures, Mm -hmm. um, and there's... You know, I mean, we've failed to expand Medicaid in right. Missouri, right. right? And and that's been an opportunity for a long time to have a lot of federal money that we're already paying for, you and me, uh, everybody else who's probably watching this darn thing in Missouri, we're already yeah. paying for that. And uh, we aren't benefiting from it. And not only, I mean, you know, folks are talking about all of these added protections that we got that folks are really happy about for pre-existing conditions for kids to stay out in for longer. But I mean, you know, we, by not expanding Medicaid, we've got over 200,000 folks in Missouri who could have access to affordable healthcare who just don't. And, and you think about what does that mean? What kind of situation does that leave your state in? When all of a sudden we're facing a global pandemic and you've got hospitals that have had to close because they're not being reimbursed. You've got ones that are barely afloat right now. And now we're asking them to do so much more and take on all of these costs. Um, it's, It's a bad, bad situation. And, you know, we don't see we're not seeing much movement right now. I mean, we actually have. It's been interesting from from the governor's office and some of the proclamations that he's made in Missouri. The executive decisions he's made in this time of emergency—he's actually allowing a few more people to get on Medicaid. Like he's—he's he's expanding it a little bit right now and making sure that people mm-hmm. aren't getting kicked off. It shouldn't be. It's just yeah. you know, it's—it's it's the, the the situation that we find ourselves in right now is something that's built up over years and years and mm-hmm. years. Same policies. Mm-hmm that have really screwed over so many folks in our state, especially folks who don't have money and especially folks who live in neglected areas of, of Missouri. And that's, uh, 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 urban course and it's rural Missouri. And yes. it's, you know, there's, there's so many folks who are here we are. Right. And we're wondering why in the world d- does Missouri not have a handle on this? And a lot of it comes back to just, we haven't invested in healthcare.
1: Right. Right. And yep. we, we have a, we have, um, a- I, I think very poor leadership as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, when you have that, it's a dreadful combination.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. So so I guess we'll definitely talk about, I want to talk about healthcare for sure, because that's obviously a very big issue in Missouri, mm-hmm. right? But I don't want to leave, there's one thing I don't want to leave out, especially um, from our talk before about, you know, mental health and the home and everything else What we do right now. Kids. Yes. So many people have got kids at home now and they weren't. Yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, have you seen like folks who are coping with that? Well, not so well, like what, what kind of ideas do you have for folks who've got a lot of kids at home right now running around? Well, doing?
1: Their thing? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think first of all, kids are going to pick up their parents' anxiety and mm-hmm. their fear. And so the more that you can be grounded in all of the ways that we just talked about, the better off you're going to be as a parent. And and the one thing that you can do is you can tell your children the truth. And again, that's going to be more age appropriate about what's going on without really scaring them. Because what they need more than anything to know that if there is a single parent household or if there is parents, you know, grandparents living there, whoever is there, that everybody has their best interest at heart. That everybody is there to help them and to guide them through this difficult time and to always really reassure them it's going to be okay. It's really going to be okay. And within that begin to think of what you can do. That can be a kind of a fun thing. I know it's a little bit easier in, in suburban areas and in, in uh, city areas to have those, all the people that get in their cars and drive around and wish kids happy birthday, but that's a great diversion. And that's a great thing. And you can manage to do something like that in your own area, um, just to, just to recognize kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're going to be if you can just keep yourself in a good place to the best of your ability, be truthful and honest with them, tell them that you love them and you know, you are there for them, no matter what, that's the best gift that you can give. Kids need to hear that a lot and they the parents need to know that it's being received by the kids. So I think that's the best thing that we can do right now. And they're going to have questions and, you know, sit down with them. And to the best of your ability, if you don't know the answers, look them up or find somebody that can give them so that you can at least, you know, say, hey, this is what's going on. And this is what we're working on. We've got doctors and we've got all kinds of healthcare professionals that are working to create medicine that's going to help us and, and to create vaccines that are going to keep us from harm. And so, you know, those kind of things can be shared pretty openly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally. So, you know, I've taught for a number of years, uh, over 13 now. And one of the, you know, classroom management was always like like the bane of your start in education. It's like, Oh, how am I going to keep these kids? What are they going to do? And, you know, I read a whole lot about it and, uh, you know, I visited a school that had a lot more privileges than uh, the schools that I normally work with in St. Louis City. And I was sitting there and I remember, man, I was like close to tearing up at that school. I was like, man, why can't all kids have the same opportunity? And one of the things that they did that was really great was they did a lot of... um emotional learning like focusing on how to describe how you feel how to communicate that just like you're saying and you know I I would watch the teachers do it and they were just it sounded like very adult conversations with kindergartners right where they're saying here's you know here's how you made me feel how did you feel and they're all talking about that and I found that if you can set that foundation early on even at home because yes. now you're, you're very much more transparent with each other and the kids, they're going to have so much more trust in what you're saying and doing. Um, and it helps, I think, both parties, really, because all of us, you know, that when that right side of the brain takes over, we're all in trouble. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, it really it really helps, I think, to have that at least a common vocabulary to start off with to explain like, hey, I don't want to act this way, here's why I feel like I, I want to act this way. Like how how do we talk about that? I've always felt felt like that was a very strong way to start out, at least.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's a that's a really good point because you know a parent can sit down and if the kids you know kids don't come with the vocabulary that they need to have in order to explain their emotional lives. Yeah. And so it's it, it helps the parent also because a lot of times the parents may be traumatized in a way that they can't either. Right. But, just talk to your kid, and your kid's scared about something. Can you draw me a picture of what that looks like? And then sit down and have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is the virus right here, and I'm really scared about that. Yeah. And so we need to have that, so you might you might be okay. You know, so there are ways that parents can just sit down and take a few minutes to sit with their children and really get to that emotional center that they have. And to also say, well, what's going on inside your body? Is your heart beating? Is your, you know, do you feel like you you have tears in your eye? What's going on? And kids, kids are going to tell you, and they're going to get used to using that emotional language, which will help tremendously.
0: Right. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm monitoring the questions as they come in, folks, so I see them. Um, and there's one here that came up. Um, And since we're talking about kids, I think this is an important issue. Maybe we can try to get to it first Um, about about homes that are less safe for kids. You know, Mm -hmm. if if a kid because I know right now, um, you know, if if you go to school, you've got teachers who are uh, mandated reporters. So if they see something, hear something, they're going to report it. And, you know, ideally, we get folks in who can help that kid and make sure the kid is safe. Um, you know, what What do we do? What, I mean, what do you think we can do right now um, in situations where kids might not feel very safe at home and we're all in this like whole quarantine world where everybody's expected to stay home as much as possible? I mean, those right. kinds of situations. Obviously, our state is still working and there are resources out there, but, um, you know, what what can we all do? I mean, we're all kind of part of this now, so...
1: Well, I think one of the things that, that has been recognized in just the last few weeks is that the number of domestic violence uh, informa- or, or calls are down. Yep. If you're living with an abuser, you can't go and make that phone call easily. Right. And so, you know, it, it puts you in a position where if you have resources like a friend that you can call or a neighbor that you can talk to, that would be helpful. The children will be impacted by that. Yeah. You know, there is no child that can walk away from a family where there's domestic violence that can that is not going to be traumatized. They will. And there are things that are going on even as we speak with families who are extremely troubled. Mm-hmm. And most parents want to do the right thing. Most parents who are in that position don't know how to do that. They are as frustrated and as angry and scared as their children are. And it takes on a very different tone when you're bigger than that little kid. And yeah. so I would say, you know, if you know of a child like that, you know, to, to pay special attention, if they're outside, watch them, mm-hmm. see what's going on. And the minute you think that there's really something that is reportable, that you are aware of, or you see on the child's body, if there's some some injuries, make that call. Yeah. call all social services call the hotline call a police officer Um, that's always difficult to do but it's something that is is you know can save someone's life and people are going to have difficulty as we go along being confined right so you know even if it's just you know hey you know my kids go and walk in, let, Let's get this kid to walk six feet away from us. And, you know, it's a neighbor kid just to get them out and walk them around the street. And same thing with the parent.
0: Yeah. If you could
1: just get them out of that space, it might help to alleviate right. some of anxiety and tension.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, with violence in my home and uh, it's certainly, you know, we talk about you know, this personal protective equipment and everything for folks in the hospital and how we have a shortage and everything. Um, you know, I, I'd say if there are kids or, or folks who are watching or, or folks that you know who are in that situation, um, you know, I, I, I had to call the police, right? And they will respond now too. So, you know, they will put themselves in harm's way to take care of folks right now. And mm-hmm. that includes entering into homes and in situations where they don't know, you know, are folks sick? Is Am I going to get sick as a result? Because, you know, the, I think that's something that we really need to think about um, right. quite a bit when we think about like, what is this equipment? What does the situation look like right now? Because there are folks who are just like you said, in the community, neighbors, whatever it might be, who are going to help each other, um, despite what this virus might try to trick us into doing. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, is really a, a, a big positive because we're seeing so many people who are keeping that connection going. And um, yeah. I think that that's yeah. what really keeps us human, right? During a time like this, even a major Absolutely. crisis.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, there are many uh, police departments that actually work with social workers and that they're both called to the scene when there is uh, something that's going on in a family. Mm-hmm. So um, there are a lot of things that can be de-escalated extremely quickly that yes. way then it can be it, you know, sort of viewed with more of a therapeutic lens about what's going on in this family. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to cool off for a second, you know, take a, right. Take
1: and a- and one, we've got probably one of the greatest challenges right now is that there are going to be so many people that are going without paychecks mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge stressor for any family. Right. And so, you know, we need to really look very carefully at that, and and you know, with the people that are in Congress right now, hopefully they will continue their their work to, to have funding reach the people that need it the most. And yeah. you know, that's that's something that you know it will it will it will save our country. It will definitely yeah. save our country if we can can spend the money that we absolutely need to to keep families viable and healthy and have enough money to eat.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, you know, that's, it's, it's, we just have to do that. We have
0: yeah. to. Yeah. And, uh, if you are a family and you're looking for like food, especially if you were on that free reduced lunch program, which a lot of folks are relying on for their kids. Um, I mean, you can reach out, we can help you find where yes, that absolutely.
1: is. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So let us know. Um, let's see there. We're getting a lot of questions in, so we'll definitely get to those. Uh, Let's talk. Oh, yeah, we talked a lot about this. This is an important topic, I thought. Um, but let's talk about briefly uh, voting in elections. Yeah. So, yeah, we've already seen one of our elections in Missouri, the municipal ones pushed back. Um, we're seeing that happen in some other states right now, too, as a result of all of this. Um, you know, certainly Congress has a big role there. We've actually released a plan about how uh, on the state level, Missouri should protect and can protect the right to vote right now through the use of our current absentee system, Um, but that's gonna require action from the attorney general, the secretary of state, the governor, uh, and we need to support our local election authorities to do that too. So we've actually put out a plan on how we can do that right now. Um, Yeah, what do you think? Like on the federal level, what are we looking for? What What are those things we need to see from Congress to make sure that we get to keep our democracy going?
1: Well, I think they've allocated about four hundred million dollars toward doing something with voting on Mm -hmm. the uh, federal level. Um, I don't think that's nearly enough money to get us up and running. I think for every delay that we have with voting, whether it's a municipality or whether it's, you know, the congressional ballots, um, it's it's dangerous. It's it's. Really, it's taking away, we, every time that there's been a crisis in this country, all the way back to the Civil War, it hasn't stopped anybody from voting. Yeah. Okay. And so I think even having this, we can, we can set up a system using some of your ideas that we can, can very easily allow people to vote, whether it's online or whether it's in a ballot, you mail it in. Um, I think we have to do that to protect the democracy. That's one, That's the most dangerous thing of all is mm-hmm. what's happening in the midst of while, while our eyes are focused on the virus, everything else is being shifted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've had enough of a conversation about it. There's a senator in Oregon who's been pushing very hard for mail-in voting. Um, there are several states that do mail-in voting right now. Um, but the thing is, you got to also think that's going to leave some people out who are eligible to vote, able to vote, they're gonna be left out of that process. So I think you're totally right. Like we need to seriously look at this situation, make sure we're investing the right resources into it because it's gonna take a lot of outreach to make sure we are protecting everyone's right to vote. And I think that's true. I mean, that's true right now, whether this virus was here or not, but especially now where folks are gonna be scared and like, oh, you know, I can't vote, what's it gonna make a difference anyway? Plus, oh, I don't want to get close to people and I don't want to risk that. Um, I mean, there are ways to do this very safely, um, but we certainly have to be talking about that now. Mm-hmm. We can't do yeah. it two days before the darn thing and expect everything to work like most things out there. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's where where you really want to keep pushing on um, your people in Congress and in the Senate. Yeah. That you know, just keep look. We want to vote, and we want to vote when it's the the time we're supposed to vote, not six months later.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So so make sure contact your Congress people. Um, contact uh, your statewide your state folks too. So so your local folks too are going to have a lot of control over. What we are doing on a local level, the secretary of state is the one in Missouri who's in charge of our elections in the state. Um, And so obviously is a very important person there. The attorney general has a big role because they're the ones who are supposed to protect our right to vote. They're supposed to protect our civil rights in the state. Um, And obviously the governor, he's got emergency power now. There's some question about how much power that actually means when it comes to an election. Um, And some of that is probably going to be litigated over the course of this whole thing, if our court system is even going to be able to take that. But uh, our court system right now in Missouri, it's been interesting. I get a lot of these emails um, and I've actually got um, an oral argument scheduled for an appeal and they have moved to phones. They have moved to teleconferences, all that kind of stuff. Um, So our court system is still running. There are some things that we've decided to delay for a bit. Um, But yeah, all of those systems are still running and that our our election should still be running too. So I Mm -hmm. think it's a very important issue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's how about let's go to the people's questions. Huh? Want to do it? Yeah. All right. Ready? Let's see what we got on here. Okay. A lot of people are excited to be here today. This is really great. All right. Uh, Let's see a lot. Can you explain what exactly the attorney general, did? what does the attorney general do? That's a great question. Your favorite? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. What what the attorney general should do. Uh, so I used to be an assistant attorney general for the state of Missouri. I was very excited to be, uh, to do that. Um, that was uh, the, the immediate job I wanted to do uh, getting out of law school. And so that was um, you know, I was always very involved in public service, and then I ended up going to law school and um, got to work there. The attorney general is very involved in different parts of our lives. Unfortunately, the office is not doing a great job reaching out to us and getting our input into it. Um, one of the biggest roles that the attorney general plays is in what's called consumer protection, and that means protecting all of us from bad corporations, scams, uh, folks who are trying to cheat us, folks who are calling us all the time, incessantly, trying to get our social security (laughs) numbers. Number one, never give that over the phone. Number two, just hang up on those robots. Don't talk to them. Uh, But our attorney general should be doing a whole lot more in that area. Uh, So consumer protection is one big one. That also includes, by the way, it comes into healthcare too. We have a lot of instances of healthcare fraud. We have a lot of instances of insurance companies that are not trying to cover certain procedures for folks and they're getting away with it quite a bit. I think we need a lot of accountability in that space too. Um, And it also includes um, what's been happening with opioids, not only in our state, but all over. But at the end of the day, we're getting very close to having these huge settlements over the opioid crisis. And we are going to have to decide where those resources are going to go. I'm a very strong proponent of treatment and making sure that folks are getting the care that they need. Uh, But uh, we need to make sure that that's what we're doing—we're not just rushing into this. And um, there have been some statements from our current office that worry me a little bit about the speed and how quickly we want to get this done. I think it's important to get this done right. Uh, environmental issues are within the attorney general's office too. That includes, um, you know, a lot of the nuclear waste dumps that we have in Missouri. We've got coal ash ponds. We've got issues around uh, runoff from uh, uh, farms that are polluting certain areas. Uh, CAFOs are a very big deal right now in Missouri too, where we're seeing these concentrated farming operations, all these animals that are just creating all this pollution um, and uh, they're really hurting a lot of the communities nearby. Franklin County is dealing with quite a bit of that right now. Um, We've got uh, a whole bunch of different divisions in workers' compensation, We do legal defense work for the state. I think that the attorney general's office should have a civil rights division that is enforcing a lot of these voter protections, but also protections for all of us in the workplace. So uh, the attorney general does quite a bit, uh, a whole lot. And that is also an office that can do so much to hold the rest of us accountable, the rest of the folks in government accountable on the statewide level. And so I think it's, it's one of the most important positions in our government. And I think it's very important to have somebody that we trust there. The attorney general, which some of you might not know, is also has some responsibility in Apple labeling in Missouri, believe it or not. So <laughs> lots of little things that the attorney general does that you really wouldn't think. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of involvement there. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, question about um, a stay at home order, Kathy. So yeah. right now, Missouri is one of the few states uh, that does not have one of these stay-at-home orders that is dealing with this crisis coming up and surging day by day. Um, and yet we still do not have a statewide stay-at-home order. We do have uh, a few from, from counties, especially big ones in Missouri, but I think Stoddard County is coming up with one pretty soon too. Um, so we're seeing that all over the state kind of pop up piecemeal. What are your thoughts about a stay-at-home order and how it should be administered, if at all?
1: Well, we are, we're seeing um, from other countries that there's evidence to indicate that that's one of the most important factors in terms of stemming the tide of this illness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a very, very strong proponent of that. I think that, you know, we need to even get down into some of the, the smallest communities and realize that we do need to have that six feet of space if you meet somebody on the street. And we do need to, to, to keep in a state where we in a place where we can be separate from other people. We all have to go to the grocery store, but there are ways that that can be safely done. And I think that if we can be very mindful of, first of all, not trying to hoard anything, but just get what we need, get in and get out. Then we can realize that, you know, this is we're doing everything that we need to be safe. And then you got to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. You still can get hand sanitizer, carry it with you. You know, wash your, uh, You could, if you your groceries come in, you know, sealed bags, wash that off. You can leave it in your garage for two or three days and you're going to take care of whatever's there. That's not necessarily re- recommended as right. something you should do, but it's a good idea to do. And so, you know, I've just gotten used to really washing my hands an awful lot, whatever I'm doing. But I think that to have a time where we can just stop, push push the stop button. And I realize for people in rural areas, they have animals that they need to feed. They have feed they need to get for the animals. So they, you know, there are a lot of things that are a little bit different from place to place. But if we can all pull together as a state and have a, a declaration from our governor mm-hmm. that is consistent, that includes everybody, that is for the health and safety of everyone in this state, then, I mean, even the small towns that we're seeing that they're starting to close down yeah. because they have these things. They're smart. They know what they're doing by that. And that's an important thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we had, we had by necessity we had to see leadership coming from local municipalities. We still have mm-hmm. come from the governor. I watch every single one of those things that he puts on, uh, including the the one where he got really mad at the media the other day for asking too many questions. Um, right, that's kind of their job. And uh, we really need to have at least some answers and some guidance. And I think a lot of folks want leadership, and, and that includes you know the folks in Greene County who were very much. Looking for this to happen, um, and without much guidance from the state, it's tough when you have a governor who's coming out and saying, "Well, that's not really necessary, and then you as the local person, you're supposed to go back to your folks and say, "Well, I think it is." And that's you know that's hard. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think we would have liked to see quite a bit more leadership there um, because the rest of the state is starting to lead without him. And you know it's kind of a scary position to be in. But, um, yeah, I mean, even today, the governor was saying that, you know, there were far too many people in state parks this past weekend gathering together and, in, in, you know, in big groups and everything else. And so now he's looking at finally at least shutting some of that down. Um, mm-hmm. but still, uh, You know, we're still waiting. So I, I would recommend if you're in local government, um, please, you know, it's not like we're shutting down everything. You know, we're having this happen right now in the St. Louis area. Um, you know, you can still get groceries. You can still go out and, and get things. Um, but, you know, we shouldn't have like tourist attractions and, and entertainment venues open right now. We just shouldn't. We shouldn't be doing that. And, uh, or
1: churches and synagogues yeah. and anything else. Yeah.
0: That's very true. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, they, you know, I, I, we had, uh, so my wife who does a lot of work, um, in, in the religious area, she's got a, a nonprofit that does religious gatherings. And so their big thing was coming together, usually in this home right here or somewhere else in someone else's home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they have moved prayer services online, you know, mm-hmm. so look, just like this. And if you need help and if you're a religious community out there and you're saying this is too, just call us. Like we'll figure we'll figure this out. We'll get you all online. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's keep everybody safe. And, and, uh, you know, prayer prayers is, is, is important and it's important to do it in community, but, uh, we should be doing that in a safe way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's up to us to act with that knowledge too. It's not, you know, not just kind of sitting here and and doing the wrong thing. So we got to protect our kids. That's extremely important. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, hazard pay for folks who are working in healthcare right now. What are your thoughts about that?
1: great idea yeah, I think so. <laughs> they are they are in hazardous positions absolutely they are yeah and you I know they're the they're they're that lifeline yeah you know what are we going to do without them <laughs>
0: yeah, i agree i i think you know there's also been calls for folks who are working in in you know as grocery clerks and pharmacists um for them to to receive you know the same benefits of being emergency personnel in missouri yeah do it yeah, yeah. obviously i mean goodness gracious we need them. So, yes. Please. And this is their first
1: responders. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. you know. Right? I mean, that's what's happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the problem is like, you know, we see this a lot in Missouri, but we just don't treat folks who go to work very well. We just don't treat, we don't give them protections. We make sure they have as little protections as possible in Missouri. We've just gutted a whole bunch of protections for them. So, yeah, uh, we uh, we don't do a good job of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, it's also a challenge to convey to people that, you know, these protections are the things that keep us going and alive. I mean, this yeah. these are these are things that are so important that they need to be in place. And yeah. what we know is that if there are those protections are removed, then the danger is greater and the cost is higher. It's not cheaper. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and goodness, like a lot of this. You know,
0: life isn't just work. That's not what, you know, our value doesn't just come from what we produce and what we're making. It should, it should come, I mean, look at all the things that are around us, our families, our friends, you know, we're, we're appreciating that more than ever. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of you look in, in the history of, of uh, our country and saying that folks should have protections while at work um and should have the ability to have time to have a family to take care of folks and to be at home and to have you know this time to think and and you know builds to have a have hobbies and all that um goodness I mean the things that we're doing now and I mean the things and you know there are times where like crises like this where folks are going to have to step up like we need healthcare workers to be there we need uh, uh grocery clerks to be there we need these we should appreciate them for doing that right like this is this is a service that they're providing to all of us so that we can we can uh enjoy this wonderful country that we have built and uh it's just it's sad to see some folks not really appreciate that you know it's a tough time to yeah. see that yeah 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 um okay this is a good question since we are coming close on time anyway um Oh, I will say this, because Linda, Linda Stewart's on, she says, Stoddard County, which I mentioned earlier, they were considering mm-hmm. doing a stay at home. She said they are now, unfortunately, backtracking, apparently, and it is just a suggestion. Well, it should be a very strong suggestion, everybody in Stoddard County. I know my people are staying home over there, so <laughs> tell, tell, tell the others. <laughs> Dad didn't give us 10 suggestions. He gave us the 10 commandments. Yeah, they, were, they were commandments. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> a few more that came up, too. Okay. You know what? We get this question all the time. It's a good one though. Uh, Kathy, tell me, why are you running for office?
1: <laughs> well, um, if, for those of you who don't know it, I ran in 2018 and that was um, the year that um, everybody kind of got the same amount of votes, it seemed like, throughout most of the state. And um, so I, I was thinking about Um, running again in 2020, just this past year. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it was something that I'm supposed to do because, you know, here I am coming to where might be my retirement. You know, I I don't necessarily want to work forever, but, you know, i never thought in a million years that I would be running for Congress, but um, I'm glad that I am running and I think it's the right thing to do because my district really needs new leadership and it needs it more now than it did two months ago yeah. because we're dealing with all of the, this, the medical crisis and the, the negligence and the abuse of the eighth district, not only by the person who is the current representative, but in the way that we have been overlooked by everyone as being worthwhile of having equal services as the rest of the state does and 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 our whole state can improve across the board on so many things, so the only way that we can do that is by having good, solid, strong leadership that says enough, we will not be neglected anymore. We want a place at the table, and we're going to demand it
0: yeah. So let me know what what do you want to what do you want to do when you get into Congress? What are your priorities? What are, what do you you know? What what are folks going to get when they get Kathy Ellis up in Washington DC?
1: Well, you know, one of the things I was talking about is that I've I've worked with couples over the years uh, that are usually in pretty bad shape as far as their relationships concern, and what I tell them is that um, okay, you go, you both got to have skin in the game. Mm. And you both gotta be working on this because I'm not gonna do it alone. And just one of you is not gonna do it alone. So we gotta figure out where the common ground is. And we've got to figure out that really quickly because. No. Oh, I think I lost you, can you hear me? Well,
0: I can hear you, yeah, I can and hear well, you.
1: Something's oh, going you want on to roll
0: too i was into it out
1: of power anyway so so i want to work to to bring people together in Congress we've got to work together to salvage the rest of this uh, uh the rest of this uh time that we have here in our lives and um, i also want to be a, a strong advocate for um, health care and education and workers rights
0: yeah yeah no that's that's it's important, um, and I I'm, About a thousand other things too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. no, absolutely. I've I've heard. Look, folks, all of you who are out there, I know you can't see her on the phone on the on the screen right now. You see me. That wasn't me talking. That was Kathy. <laughs> so you should support her if you agree with that. I, I support her very much. I agree with that entirely. Um, yeah, I mean, I I you know you think of folks that you want to represent you. And I always think of people who I can trust, people who, when they get there, I can trust that they're going to do the right thing. Um, And I feel, and as you know, I feel like transparency is so important. And there are few people that I have had the opportunity to work with um, doing all this. Well, actually, there's a whole lot of them, but you you still think of like all the other folks are out there um, who, uh, you know, I would trust so much to go there and to fight for us. So I, I really appreciate you running Kathy. I think that's great. And, uh, thank thank
1: you. And, and and I, you know, I feel the same way about you from the first time Uh I met you, I thought, you know, here we go. This is what we need in this state. So, you know, I, I think that you, you have the ability, you have the talent and you have the tenacity to take it the distance.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Kathy. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're fighting hard. Both of us are, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very important. I th- think that events like this show that commitment already, right? Because uh, we're holding town halls and we're having folks, you know, asking questions and they're doing it live. And and for folks, you know, I know you're, you're still posting and obviously won't be able to get to all of them within the next five minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna, heck, I'm gonna still gonna keep writing responses to you all. So don't worry, you can keep posting your questions. Um, and you know we both are doing a lot of these virtual things too. And I would love we'll, we'll do more, right? Kathy, is that okay? We'll do some Literally, more of these. Save together.
1: those questions. We'll do them. We'll do another one. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> we'll do another. Not, yeah, we'll, we're, not, we'll, we're not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> we're not. We're really not. We'll do as many as you want. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll answer that question a bit too. Um, and I'll also a- answer Matt's question because I think it's it's really good and it's an important one. Uh, Matt asked about. Um, substantively changing the operations of the attorney general's office and anything about you know circuit courts and diversion courts and programs like drug courts and veterans courts. Um, yes, 100%. I, I totally agree. Um, I think that we can, from the attorney general's office, the biggest thing that I think we need to change is to have an attorney general who actually shows up. And I mean, showing up in our communities, somebody that we know who that person is um, I mean, heck, the phone number that's on my website that I put all over the place that I respond to trolls with and folks who I like, everybody, all of them with, that's my cell phone number. And just like Kathy was saying, you know, we we put our contact information out there on purpose because your representatives should be accessible to you. We work for you. Um, and both of us are trying very hard to work for you. We're already working for you. We're doing a whole lot of stuff around the state. But I think that's so important. And, um, you know, having having the Attorney General be able to model a lot of these practices around the state for folks who need that leadership and that guidance. There, there's, there are counties that you know have less resources than others, and having the Attorney General's office come in and, and show up and, and listen to folks and be there um, and support them and take lessons that we're learning from different counties all over the state and coordinate those, I think is so important. I think it's important for how we treat folks in our court system and make sure that we're getting better results. Um, I think it's also really important to deal with violence that we're seeing in our state. We've been working on a violence plan for months and months and months now to reduce uh, violent crime in Missouri. And if you look at states that have done that well, they have done it by having an office like the attorney general's office, coordinating efforts statewide, not just Focusing, you know, on all of these little piecemeal efforts, but really learning from each other and talking to each other—that's something that we can do in Missouri. It's also something that we can, you know, learn from other states too. And I think we need an attorney general who who shows up and is really thinking about how to best serve the people. And to me, that always means making sure that our voices are heard in this process. Um, and so, actually, when you talked about—that's the first thing it made me think of—when you talked about different diversion courts. You know, I've been traveling a lot around the state and I I had a phone call um, with a guy in Springfield who used to be a council member there. And we talked about diversion courts for about 30 minutes um, in different ways that they're doing them, drawbacks that he saw on the plans that he was involved in. There are so many Missourians with wonderful ideas and it should be our job to get those ideas, to put them into action and to make our state a home for all of us. So, um, yeah, that's you know, I've got. Uh, that's a pretty big vision for the attorney general's office, but I think it's it's one that we really need to reimagine in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of plans up online on the website. So, you know, all those links will be there too. Um, we've got a solutions page, and if you're interested in getting involved and you have ideas, we actually have advisory boards for the campaign. So we have folks from all over Missouri who are submitting ideas all the time and are helping us form formulate all of these policy proposals. So, um, it's very much. Uh, people-powered. So um, I think that's great. Kathy, we're here. We're at the end. Um, Is there anything that you would like to leave the wonderful people of Missouri with, despite the fact that your iPhone is barely working?
1: That's right. Well, uh, the thing I will say to you is that it is an honor and privilege to be running as a candidate for the Missouri 8th Congressional District. I, have, I know so many people throughout the district and um, they're wonderful people and they deserve a lot better than they've been given. And it is my my task to run this campaign to the very best of my ability so I can make that happen. Um, I also wanted to let you know that you can contact us at team at ellisforcongress.com and um, that would get just leave your information or your question and we can get back with you about that. And um, we also have a virtual town hall meeting that we're going to be having on April the 2nd. And um, I believe that's at seven o'clock, but, it, but it's with Lindsay Simmons, who's running in the fourth uh, congressional district. And she's a wonderful candidate. And um, that should be a, a robust conversation as well on rural areas. So yes. I, I just appreciate lot so much for, um, letting me be here and sharing this space and um i uh, i love him to death and I, that's you not him you <laughs> and i think you're I, I i just think you're one of the best things that's happened to this state so keep up the good work and thank you i, so I want to for- say everybody who's watching she did all that
0: on her phone despite the darn thing not working tell me you haven't seen a better fighter for you all so uh, <laughs> yeah kathy kathy is wonderful and uh fully support her and everything she's doing. And, and like I said, I've, I've just been so blessed to be able to meet you and and be on this journey with you. So uh, let's go, let's go get them. Yeah.
1: That's right. We will.
0: (laughs) Kathy, where can they find you? What's your website?
1: Um, My website is ellisforcongress.com.
0: Great, ellisforcongress.com. The links will be in there. You can find me at alladgross.org. And folks, we will see you out there if you'd like to support or volunteer, help out with the campaign. We're all doing very important community service work, especially at this time in Missouri. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, your support would be great. Um, And uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you, Please let us know. So we're here for you 100%. So reach out anytime, folks. Okay, great. Good, Kathy. Feeling good?
1: Yeah, that's it. Thanks so great. much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check us out at alladgross.org, where you can connect with us on social media, send me an email. Send me any questions or ideas you've got for the podcast. would love to hear from you.